Okay, so with the help of the Master of the World, let's jump into our Lima tonight of Sicha Saran. And we have what may be a shorter shear because we've been having pretty packed shearim lately. And I just felt like this teaching itself, maybe we can spend a little bit more time on than we ordinarily would for a shorter teaching. But let's try to take a look at what we have here. It's a piece from Sichasran and then a bit of a lengthier piece from Chaim Aran, which actually is broader than the teaching that I'm bringing it in to sort of buttress or support or accompany. And in the context of Bezer Hashem, the piece from Chaim Aran, we're going to learn other ideas also, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece and one of the most glorious sections of Kisve Breslev in my Humble opinion is the very, very end of Chaim Aran. There's a section just on Avodah Hashem, Klalius, just general advice, general uh, teachings, guidance from Rabbi Nachman. On Avodah Hashem, some of the most really just core, core ideas that are brought out in that section. So very, very highly recommended. If you can take a look, if you have a, a Sefer Chaim Aran, it's, on, it's online, it's on Safaria, so you can check it out over there. But let's jump into Sicha Saran Mem Gimel. And the tzaddik says like this, we've been discussing, we've been talking about for the past week, maybe the past two weeks, I can't remember right now, we were talking about the difference between shivram lev, a broken heart, and atzvus and depression. We spoke about how depression comes from the tchol, we said it comes from the spleen, from the place of blood, from the place of ego, from the place of physicality and limitation and the nature of our lives, which drags us down and precludes the possibility of a brighter future. That's, that's Atzvus as we saw it. Lev Nishbar is not that. Lev Nishbar is an honest look at reality and the limitations that we're, that we're stuck in and some of the challenges that we're facing. But at the same time, it's constantly, constantly within the context of realizing this, that Rabbi Nachman devoted his whole life to trying to remind us, Shum klau, that there's no despair in the world at all, at all, at all. And that was Shivram Lev. It was a heart that was broken, not crushed into pieces, but a heart that was broken open, letting HaKadosh Baruch Hu in. It was associated with humility, but also with the realization that things are going to be okay. We're going to get past it. We're going to get through it. With Hashem's help, we can accomplish anything. So we hear very much in that vein, Rabbi Nachman says, through Marashchora, which we said is the black bile associated with the, with the spleen, so the element of, 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 of dam and, and, and blackness and darkness, this state of marashchayr, of atzvus and depression, because of this, says Rabbi Nachman, a person no longer remembers his or her name. You have to know what a name is, what this means, that a person forgets their name when a person sinks into the state of depression. So first, Va'amar, Rabbi Nachman said, in a more joking way, more lighthearted way, it's brought a midrashim, that when a, when a person goes to the next world and a person's not alive anymore, oftentimes they'll ask him, okay, you know, they're taking registration, as it were, you have to enter, you know, your information, they ask him, what's your name? And the worst thing is if a mace, if a person that's deceased is not able to remember their name. Vezeb Machmas, Rabbi Nachman says, the reason for this is, ordinarily, the reason that a person would not remember their name in the world to come is Shameis Hubatzvus, is because a person that's newly deceased is, is sad, is, is Ba'atzvus. Umar Shchair is in a state of sadness. Ma'oid. 
It could be that that's why Rabbi Nachman says that he forgets his name, because this is the klal, at least in our world, in our experience of reality, a person who's in atzvos, a person who's depressed, he doesn't know, he doesn't know his name. He doesn't know his name. So before going further, let's analyze this a little bit. What does it mean to forget your name? Is that so? That people are depressed? We know people right, who are just sad, who are broken, not essentially, but there are phases and stages in, 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 in people's lives very, very commonly today of all ages that people are depressed. And we can sense it. We could feel it. People just, you know, sleep a lot and, you know, they, 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 they don't have an appetite and they don't have a passion to do anything really. Is it true that they forget their names? That you try to call them and you try to get their attention and they, 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 don't, they don't answer you because they don't realize that you're calling them because they've forgotten their name? We have to understand what a name is. It's actually interesting because it seems a little bit out of order. Really, Sichas Ran Mem Dalid, as we'll see Be'ez Hashem next week, the 44th lesson in Sichas Ran is all about the value of names. And obviously it's appended to this sicha, right? It's, it's the same theme. We're talking about names. We're talking about, you know, in this sicha. And so over there we speak about the import of names. But over there, Rabbi Nachman says that the name of a person encompasses the essence of a person. In another place, Rabbi Nachman says that the name of a person encompasses the person's mission in this world. The reason that we were sent to this world is encapsulated within our name. Rabbi Nachman says there that that's the reason why if a person is very, very, very ill, oftentimes we'll add on a name. We'll add on a name to that person. Why is that? Why are we adding a name onto the person that's very sick, that's very ill? There are a number of reasons that are given in the, in the, in the Svarim of the Tzadikim. Rabbi Tzadik has a reason, the Svasemis brings a reason. But Rabbi Nachman says the reason is simple. Because the name of a person encompasses and encapsulates, captures that person's mission. So one of the reasons that a person might be called to the next world is because the person has already completed their mission. And so we would like for this person to be able to live out their lives and have more zechus and have more merit and do more mitzvot and so on and so forth. And so we give them another name in order to give them another mission. That's what a name is. A name is a mission. And so if a name is a mission, perhaps this is the understanding of what Ibn Nachman is saying here. A person who's depressed forgets his name. Doesn't forget the name with which he's referred to or how you call to that person, get that person's attention, how we identify that person. But somewhere in that person's inner world, they've lost touch with their identity. They've lost touch with who it is that they are, that they really are. They've lost touch with their mission. And they feel as if their mission is over, that there's no hope, and that there's no use even dreaming of a better tomorrow. A person that's ba'atzvos, a person that's depressed, means it precludes any possibility of there being a brighter future. And that's the element that we're speaking about. Ibn Nachman says, He forgets his name. He forgets his name. Because the name is, again, is the mission of a person. And depression can get in the way of that. Where a person is thinking in their mind that, you know, they have so much to accomplish and there's so much to do and there's so much that they can do especially in the context of our global mission in relation to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects from us, what He sends us in the world to do. Each of us have a mission. 
a tremendous, tremendous mission, even if it doesn't appear to be that we have any special talents or anything to, you know, to, to lighten up the world. Rabbi Nachman himself is going to speak about in the second paragraph such a simple thing that we can do to change our circumstances, to change the, 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 uh, the surroundings, those people that we come into contact with. But a depression makes a person forget their name, makes a person lose touch with that mission, stop believing that we are worth it, stop believing that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is still holding our hand. And so maybe that's what Rabbi Nachman means over here, that a person who's depressed can't remember his name. So Rabbi Nachman says over here, that the main rule is, a person has to be super careful on the third line here, to constantly try to be joyous. We're going to learn about how to do that. To constantly try to be in a state of simcha. And even if a person is as he is, not just that physically things are tough and that a person's having a difficult time with Parnassa and that a person is having a difficult time raising children or, or bringing children into the world or Shalom Bayis or whatever it is. Not just that, which would be understandable that a person has to accept that Be'emuna and a person still has to find a little bit of Simcha by saying, whatever Hashem does is for the best. That would be understandable. Rabbi Nachman says, no, no. Even if a person as he is, is in the state he is, which means that a person is far from God and that's what the person is upset about. Even if that's what a person is upset about. And it's a result of his or her own choices in life. That a person finds themselves in a cycle of negative behavior, a person finds themselves in a lowly circumstance surrounded by the wrong people, not in the right lane in life that the person is deeply yearning to walk. Rabbi Nachman says, even so, even if a person is that a person is far away, Rabbi Nachman says, listen to this, you can at least rejoice over one thing that every single Jew has, no matter what happens to you, no matter what will go on in your life and what you'll go through, that I'm a Jew. And that I have access to Torah and mitzvahs. I know, what, I know what the MS is. And that I'm striving to be better. And that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gifted us with a mighty soul. Not because we deserve it. And not so that we should become proud over this and kick our legs back. And Chazal say, Kol echad, every single person, every single Jew needs to say, Bishvili nivra olam. Not because it's on us to go ahead and feel as if everything is created for us and everything is coming to us. On the contrary, Rabbi Nachman in Torah Dalid, Rabbi Nachman says that each and every person, Torah Hay maybe, or Torah Dalid, I think maybe Torah Hay, Rabbi Nachman says every single person needs to realize, we mentioned this in the Shir, that if the world is created for me, it doesn't mean that it's created to benefit me. It means that I have the responsibility to fix the world. I have the responsibility to change the world to the extent that I can, to daven for the world, Rabbi Nachman says. And so there's a tremendous simcha in this because it means that God believes in me and that God believes in Nishmas Yisrael and He's believed in us throughout history. And here we are at the end of time. We haven't forgotten. HaKadosh Baruch Hu hasn't forgotten us. And that means to say that you and I have to remember our name, our name. Yeah, we each have individual names. Some of our names are written here on Zoom over here. But each of us have our own collective name. This whole group has a name. It's called Knesset Yisrael, Nishmas Yisrael. We have this name. And that this incredible name encapsulates a mission. 
and that this mission is ever, ever, ever in progress. And to rejoice in this mission, to rejoice in what it says about you and me, what power we have, what capacity we have, even in our worst moment, even if we're not living up to what it is, a yid that a Kaddish Baruch Hu dreamt of, Bishvil Yisrael Shanikoreshis, even when we don't feel like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, even when we don't feel as if we're discharging our obligation of coming close to Hashem, of revealing His glory in the world, of becoming nullified to Him, and we're not holding where we're supposed to be holding, even so. Shaloi Asogai. That at the most elemental level, I'm a yid. I'm a yid. Even if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and we're striving, and each of us are trying, I am a yid. Nothing, 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 nothing can take that away from me. Rabbi Nachman says, okay, but that's not enough. You can't just say, okay, I'm a yid, and so nothing matters. No, no, no. You have to be real with yourself, and I have to be real with myself. And we have to accurately assess what's our spiritual situation. Where are we holding? Where's the room to improve? Rabbi Nachman says, take an hour and focus on that. Go out to the forest. Go out to the field. Go under your talis, go under your sheets, under your, under your covers at night and spend time thinking about that, being real with Hashem, being real with ourselves. And that's the time for l'shaber liboy, to speak to Hashem in our own words, to break our hearts, but always, always in the context of this ever-proceeding relationship that we have, this unconditional space that we share with the Kaddish Baruch, that the mission is still in progress and that we haven't forgotten our name. And we don't need a new name added onto us. This is our mission and it's still in progress. But to realize that there are course corrections that need to be made along the way. That's life. That's an eshama in a guf. Like we had already learned last week. Rabbi Nachman says, be very careful. During that time, don't fall into atzvus. In analyzing those things in our lives that we need to fix and those things that we've been struggling with and those things that are difficult to us, let that not compel us into this state of hopelessness. Maintain the hope. Even the fact that we're taking aside time and we're spending time with HaKadosh Baruch in the context of speaking in our own words to Hashem, that itself should give us so much hope that we're among those that care about Yiddishkeit. That if we feel broken, we should rejoice over the fact that we are still feeling enough that we can feel broken, that these things matter to us and that they break us. The fact that we're broken itself should be a cause for simcha. To realize that 99% of the world doesn't get broken over these things. They might get very upset if you know, somebody dents their car or you know, if, 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 who knows. You know, some, some, you know, the, the stock market is not doing well. Those are the things that break their hearts, right? But that I'm a person and my, my whole life, Yiddishkeit is not something I do. Yiddishkeit is what I am. And that I care deeply about this more than all the other things because it relates to my eternity. It relates to my eternal existence. And that's what hurts me. To rejoice with that knowledge, even while we're in pain. Those two things can be true at once. Remember, we learned that the Jewish heart has two chambers. In one chamber, the Zohar Kaddish says, in one chamber is crying, and one chamber is rejoicing. And these two things need to go hand in hand. Oftentimes, they feed one into the other. So, sorry, Benachman says, It's forbidden that that should cause a person to fall into blackness, to depression, to lose our name to fall under the illusion that the Yitzhara tries to push us, push us down into this illusion 
that we've lost touch with our mission, that our mission is over and that we've failed and that it's, it's finished. There's no such thing. Shaloi asani goy. I am existing in this world. I am not a goy. I am a Jew. I have a special mission. HaKadosh Baruch Hu implanted within my soul the capacity and the responsibility to change the world. And all the while that I'm here, broken as I may feel, all the while that I'm here, that means, like Rabbi Salantra said, Kozman Shaner Doleg is the candle still burning? If Charlotte came, we can fix. We can fix. Let's not forget our name. Let's not forget who we are. I feel that so much of today's confusion and the problems with youth and kids that are disenfranchised is because we haven't given over to them enough our name, our collective name. And so Yiddishkeit becomes very much about the person's own individual name, meaning to say my own identity and building up my midos and fixing my and making sure that I'm learning properly and making sure that I'm dabbling properly. But what about our collective name? What about the mission that our own efforts are supposed to serve? The collectivity of what story we're a part of for thousands and thousands of years can change things a little bit for kids when they hear that they're part of something so broad and so great that transcends their own individual lives, our name, Nishmas Yisrael, with the mission that Yisrael encapsulates. This week's parasha, Yisrael, Yashar Kel. Yashar Kel, that's a Jew's essence. Yashar Kel, straight to God. Not a thousand things that get in the way, in the middle. But at the essence of who I am, Yashar Kel, always, direct, direct, direct to God. It's, it's interesting, the Chavis HaTalmidim, the piece that's in Rebbe, and his Sefer Chavasatamidim, toward the end, he gives a piece of advice that I use often for when a person is davening and we feel as if we're bombarded. Rebbe Nachman says, specifically during davening, we start thinking about things we'll never think about the rest of the day. But you start davening, boom. I think that I heard maybe in the name of Shalom Shwajan, he said, which literally means, in going to war, these take their chariots, these take their horses. We go out to war, we say God's name. He said like this. He said, in a, in a joking way, he said, He said, when, when non-Jews want to travel, they take a rechav, they take a chariot, they take a horse. The Jew wants to travel. The second he says the word, the name of God in davening, boom, he's off. <laughs> he's traveling all around the world. So it's funny, but it's sad. And I also heard from a tzvi cheshen, there's a Torah in the Kutumran that begins with a question, a mighty question. He says, where does it come? I don't have my safe in front of me. It's at the other end of the table. I have it on my table, don't worry. It's on the other end of the table. But he says, where does it come from? Where does it come that the tzaddik is davening and all of a sudden a foreign thought, a distracting thought pops into his head. Where does that come from? So Ritzvi Cheshen, I remember in Shir, he said, he said, for us, the question is the opposite. That we should be in wonder, how does a little tefillah fall in among our machshav Zaris? Because most of our davening is distraction. If there's a little bit of tefillah in there, wow, that's already something special. But it's hard, right? We daven and we get bombarded and we get distracted. And, you know, what percentage of our tefillah? Rabbi Nachman also speaks about this in Sichas What does God want from us? You know, like how much of our tefillah can we really focus? It's, it's very difficult. But the Chavaz HaTamidim gives a, a very, very great exercise that I use. And he says, if we feel as if we're crowded out by all these negative, distracting thoughts, he says, envision in your mind as if there's a king sitting on a throne and crowds and crowds and crowds and crowds of people are surrounding and you have something super important and you know the king or the king is expecting you and you, by hook or by crook, you got to make it to the king. 
And he says, envision in your mind what that would be like to push all the people away and push your way through. And he says, that's what you're, you should be thinking in, in davening. Yeah, there are distracting thoughts, but Kodesh Baruch Hu is still there. And we have to find a way to push through the distracting thoughts. And it's a very good image. And sometimes I'll wave my hands even to like, you know, to, just to make a path, make a path. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, negate the negative thoughts and get them out of my head. They'll still be there. And that's fine. I got to push through. This is Yashar Kel. I'm going straight to God. That's our mission. That's our name. Depression makes that we should forget that. Depression means it's all over. Hopeless. To begin to become identified by the body as opposed to allowing the glory of our souls to manifest at the core, at the essence of who we are. And to say, you know what, maybe I, maybe I am the Nachash after all, right? Maybe I am the Yitzhahara. And maybe the Yitzhah Tov, I've killed it. I've shut it out. That's not Leiv Nishbar. That's Atzvah. And we forget our mission, we forget our name. And that's, that's the counterproductive sort of klipa, you know, the other, the other negative side, of, like a parallel to leave nishbar in a way of holiness. Rabbi Nachman says, one hour, not atzvah, leave nishbar, be real. The rest of the day, a person should only be in a state of joy. We're going to get back to this in a minute when we look at the piece from Chaim Aram, which is beautiful and glorious. We'll get there. But here there's this small, tiny teaching, which is so beautiful. Mamish beautiful. And I looked. I looked. I, I, I researched. You can't find a similar teaching in any of the Svarim from the Tzadikim. I looked. Who talks about chiyuch? Who talks about a smile? Only Rabbi Nachman. Listen to this. Gam al simcha. When you and I manage to bring ourselves to joy a little bit by contextualizing things. And by looking at the big picture and not becoming pigeonholed or tunnel visioned into the tiny problem. But to, but to reach a point where I, can, where I can tap into a level beyond that. Something broader, something bigger. Says the tzaddik. Gam al simcha. When a Jew is in such a state. And a person simply, simply, simple. Is besimcha with this that I'm a Jew? You can bring another person to life. He says, There are people. We'll never know what another Jew goes through. We'll never know what another human being goes through. You walk down a the street, there are people who are suffering. Suffering, people are suffering. And they cannot find the words to even express what they're feeling, but their hearts are heavy and their hearts are broken. And they would want to give over what they're feeling to somebody else. They have, they have no one left in their life. They've, they've sabotaged all relationships. They're alone in the world. But there's no one who will understand them. No one who will give them the time of day to listen in a world where everybody's busy, you know, sending out. But how many people are, are, are taking in to listen to the, to the cry of a Jew? To listen to the cry and the pain of another person? Just to listen. And they have no one to speak to. No good friend that's going to say, hey, let's go out for coffee and, you know, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? It's nobody. Nobody in their lives. And they walk the streets of the world laden with the burdens of their worries and their anxieties and their stresses and, their, and, and the pain that they're, that they're, that they're suffering. Says Rabbi Nachman, All of a sudden, a person's walking down the street and he's smiling. You can bring this person to life. Just a simple smile. You didn't say anything to the person. You just smile at them. Just a smile. You can bring the person to life. Mamish. And Rabbi Nachman says, Adam. 
Enadavarek. And to bring another person to life, of course he's living, understand, but to bring him back to the realm of the living, that there's hope. And yes, life is difficult, but you can find pockets of, of shining glory, beauty. Those little moments where HaKadosh Baruch, where HaKadosh Baruch smiles at us in our lives. We can find moments like that. Amidst the pain, Rabbi Nachman says to bring a person back to life, It's a very, very wondrous, glorious thing to be able to do that for somebody else. Simple thing. That's why some people feel, you know, who am I and, you know, what do I know and what can I teach and what can I do and who wants to listen to me? No one has to listen to you. And there are always people who want to listen to each and every one of us. You've got to find them. And there are always people who know less than us, even though we think we're so, we're so poor in our knowledge. It didn't stop me, right? I know nothing, right? But whatever I feel that I know, you've got to give it over. You know, like Dov Trevor said, you know, Aleph, teach Aleph. Find someone. There are people who want to listen more than you know. But even if you don't even open your mouth to say anything, but to smile, just to smile. And not only when, you know, you just received a raise or you, you got good news, even when you don't feel like it. Try it. Smile. I started many, many years ago. Can't remember exactly. Many years ago. I'm not alive many, many years. Many years ago, um, I started this thing where, where I, I look in the mirror and I smile at myself. That's my natural thing. When I look in the mirror, I, I smile at myself. I can't measure exactly how much of an impact that has had on my emotional well-being, but it certainly didn't hurt. It certainly didn't hurt. I look at the mirror and I smile at myself. Used to be something else. <laughs> but I look at the mirror and I smile. And just to smile, just to see a person smiling, it just fills your heart with this incredible, incredible hope. This incredible realization that all is not lost. And that the world is not as broken as sometimes it may appear. I can tell you just on a personal level, I always say this when I'm teaching this over, and I'm not to that person. I don't think I'll ever find out who that person was. I don't think it's possible to track that down. Too much time has gone by, and even then it was an anonymous encounter. But I went through a very, very difficult time when I was a teenager. I went through a difficult time my whole childhood, my whole, my whole, my whole life growing up. I went through terrible things in school and socially, and I just... It wasn't simple. It wasn't was not simple for me. And um, there was one there was one particular time. I think it was in eleventh grade or so, where it was it was like a late Friday night, like three o'clock in the morning, and I was just in a bad state. You know, just hanging out and not not connecting to to Kedusha, certainly not. And um, I remember walking home, and it was one of those nights. It was like just feeling, feeling completely completely lost and 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 broken and and living life under under this incredibly thick darkness that couldn't seem to lift. And uh, and the setting was right for the moment. It was, I was, it was in the middle of the night, but there was a slight drizzle falling. It was, in, it, was, it was in the winter, and I was all bundled up in my sweatshirt and my hoodie and coming home. And, and uh, you know, the streets were empty with Shabbos and from neighborhood in Farakwe. It was quiet. Some of the chavri here, Yaakov, uh, might, might know Sage Street, you know, Sage Street. And I'm walking down. And, and all of a sudden, around the corner, turned the Yid, who I don't think at that point I would have even looked at twice just because I was so angry at that whole establishment. You know, it was a very yeshivish-looking guy, like a big brisker pays and a big hat and a, you know, a coat. And again, it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. It was like 3.30 in the morning. I don't know where he was going. I don't know where he came from. But he looked at me and smiled. And I can tell you honestly... It changed my life. 
That just that smile, Mamish Rebbe Nachman says here, he just smiled at me. That was it. And he passed, and I kept on walking, and the night got a little brighter. I don't know why, I can't explain it. It did something to me. The humanity of a smile. The humanity of two broken human beings who are both going through what they're going through. But the ability to communicate to another person that, I get it, we're all a little bit lost. We're all suffering in our own ways. But we can do this. We can do this. Changed my night. And so I can vouch for this teaching. And who knows if, if, if anything that I'll ever do and anything that I'll, any tefillah that I'll daven and anything that I'll learn, anything that I'll write or teach, maybe it's all on, on his account. Rabbi Nachman says, Lahachias Adam in a rake. It's not an empty thing. You davar gadol ma'oid. What, a, what one little smile can do. We can't underestimate that. We should be conscious of this. We live in a world where it's, you know, it's become like, it's, it's, it's weird if a person, a stranger smiles at you. And we try to go about our business and sort of just, you know, not really look too much and we're not really interested. What happened to humanity? What happened to this that we're all, we're all on this journey together? And when it comes to the big questions, none of us have it figured out. And all of us could use a little bit of chizik. And so whether it comes in the form of a smile or if it's a friend and you put your arm around them and you say, hey, you know, what's on your mind? What's on your heart? And you give people the time of day to speak to you. It's a very, very big thing. There were two badchanim. It's a famous Gemara. That there was a Amoira who was walking with Eliyahu Navi in the Shuk and he asked him, point out to me who are the B'nai Olam Haba in the Shuk. Who are the people that are going, Yashar Kel, that are going straight up, you know, to, to bask in the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he pointed out two individuals who were jesters, who were comedians, who were jokers. He says, these are B'nai Olam Haba. Look at all the righteous people that are in, uh, that are in the Shuk and this one learns this and this one does that. These two people, why? Because they bring people joy. Because they bring people who are already living, but they're the walking dead. He brings them to life. And he gives them back their mission. And he reminds them that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still with you. Adayin etzlecha, ba'adcha. Shem is still standing with you, holding your hand, linking arms with the master of the world. And that your mission is still in progress. There are some bumps along the way. That's life. But you can make it, and you will make it. That's Rabbi Nachman's teaching on the smile. Let's look at this piece from Chaim Aran. Again, this is from the last section of Chaim Aran. It's overlooked. I don't know if people make it through the whole Chaim Aran. It's gold. This, this section is gold. Really, really, if you could only look at one section, maybe in all of Kisvei Breslau, outside of Lukut Aran, which is its own thing, but in all the Hashkafic writings of Rabbi Nachman, this last section of Chaim Aran, it's so kedai. I don't know exactly what numbers it goes to, but if you open it up, you'll see it's Anavodas Hashem. Just, just Avodas Hashem. Halach Anava Anababayis. Rabbi Nassim says that Rabbi Nachman one time was walking back and forth. Kedar He would constantly walk very quickly throughout his house, thinking thoughts, mshoytet, floating around, flying around the world in his mind, in his machshavas. The whole Torah, Nikla Nister, Rabbi Nachman, we have no asaba. So he was walking once back and forth, that he had this very unique, special house in Breslev. Rabnasan says that Rabbi Nachman was talking to me about about how to serve God. 
can imagine, you know, the sun and the moon, you know, these the, the Talmud and the Rebbe just walking, walking, walking throughout the house and upstairs and downstairs and into this room and out of that room. And Rabbi Nachman is just Mamish revealing to Rabbi Nassim the path of serving God. People go through terrible things. People go through hardships and challenges and disappointments and obstacles. And sometimes they make it a little bit easier and there are times where we're able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way that's clearer, in a way that's more, that's more smooth. You get a break, right? Sometimes you get a couple of weeks and it's just really going well and it's just, you know, really, really able to connect in davening and your starim are good and you get up in the morning for shachas properly and so on and so forth. Each person's own avoid and lush and how are you working on it? A couple of weeks, you know, which was a life-changing concept for me, by the way, when I started learning Breslov. And I saw this terminology also in Memchas in Tinyana, the 48th lesson in Mekut Imran, uh, Tinyana in the second volume. Rabbi Nachman has this lashon, when a person enters into the service of God. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, you know, we're all, we're all in Avodah Hashem all the time, right? We're born Jews, at least most of us. Most of us are observant our whole lives. And those that, you know, became observant later, later on were able to, to you know, to, to carry the, the yoke and the, and, the, and the incredible gift of Torah and mitzvahs. We're serving God, right? That's, that's what it is to be a Jew. Rabbi Nachman introduced to me this new idea of you can be serving God, but you haven't yet entered into Avodah Hashem. You can be doing all the right things, but you haven't yet taken a step into the framework of right actions to come to identify with what this thing is, that it's the entirety of my life, that my life is devoted to Abedus Hashem, not to putting on tefillin or to wearing tzitzis or to davening or to learning or to doing chesed, but it's a, it's a different way of living. And it's possible for a person, even who's been serving HaGadosh Baruch his whole life, to one day wake up, right, even though he was awake, but he was sleeping a little bit, and say, okay, I'm ready to really serve God. Not just avoda, avoda Hashem. To really, really, really build a relationship with Hashem. So Rabbi Nachman says, sometimes a person has a little bit of a break. Anava Amar. Rabbi Nachman says, Ein Rishoyim Levater Lashem Izbarach. A person is not allowed, Rishoyim, not permitted, Levater Lashem Izbarach, to, to, to be Mavater and to sort of give in to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Amar Balashen Ashkenaz B'Zalashen Yiddish, he said, Mer Metor Des Eibishtin Nisht Nachgeben. You're not allowed to give in to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, meaning, In the beginning, he had it tough and it was difficult. When a person has a little bit of a break and things are going well and it's smooth, so a person can say to himself, a person can say, Good, this is what I've been davening for. Hashem, beautiful, thank you for granting me this ability to serve you. And the Yitzhar is weaker and, and it's not taking over my life. And finally, I feel like a mensch and I can serve you properly. And, and things are going well and I can perceive you in my life. And I don't get angry as much and so on and so forth. And a person can say, thank you, Rabbi Shalom. This is what I asked for and this is what I got. Says Rabbi Nachman, no, no. Don't let a Kodesh Baruch Hu get away with only part of the salvation, which is what we so often do. Don't suffice with whatever your hasaga was that you said to Kodesh Baruch Hu. I would be happy with A, B, C, D. 
Ah, but what about ENF? And what about G? And what about all the madrigas that are beyond your current conception of what spirituality can look like? Don't let a Kaddish Baruch Hu get away with just giving you what your little mind is able to conceive that you need. Ask for more. Ask for bigger. Dream big, Rabbi Nachman says. Dream big. Well, the harvest begot guim avtsaris. With your yearning, keep on the yearning. Say, Rabbi this is nice. I appreciate it. It's wonderful. I'm grateful. Thank you, Hashem. But I need so much more. It's so much deeper than this. You can get more, you can be better, you can be greater. And afterwards, Ammar Rabbi Nachman says, He says, you, I don't even need to tell you this. Because I already told you that you always have to be besimcha. This is the flip side of that. And we're going we're gonna to explain because it does seem like a steer. We're going to get to the bottom of this, at the bottom of this, at the bottom of the piece. Rabbi Nachman said to his followers, to Rabbi Nassim, that if you're going to walk in this path and you're constantly going to be dreaming, even when you're doing well, you're going to start to say, okay, I'm, I'm doing well, but there's so much more I can do and I haven't even begun. And you're going to focus only on that. So that could bring you to, to, to pain and to say, when will I ever make it, right? And, and, and there's always going to be those that are more advanced. There's always going to be deeper levels. And a person can fall into this experience of, of atzvus, of sadness and brokenness, but in a negative way, to just give up. Because we'll say to our, which is, forget our name, just say, forget this mission, because I can't do it, because I'll never get there. And you see, even whatever accomplishments I make, but look, there's so much more for me to do. It's just too much for me. Says again, this of depression, there's nothing more damaging in Aravod Hashem than slinking into this darkness. There's nothing worse. The Tzarechal Echelis Chazik, therefore, Rabbi Nachman again stresses that every person needs to encourage his or herself. Find a way, pretend, act crazy, make jokes, eat a slice of pizza. Whatever it takes. Listen to music. Dance around your kitchen like, you know, like a fool. And even when we are distant, and even when we're struggling, to be aware of the struggle. That's the show. There was nothing. And people say, ah, so breast was a delusion, all right? Because they're just, besimcha tamadis, if nothing matters, oh, in that hour, there's nothing more real than a breast lift. There's nothing more real than a breast of her heart that's broken open, that's standing in front of a Kaddish Baruch like a mirror and saying, I see, I see what I need to fix. And I'm not happy, you know, because I don't care about this. I'm happy despite this, but I find a way to be besimcha because I know that's the only hope that I have of fixing these things that I speak about in his bodhidos is by being besimcha. That's the only way that I'll, that's a tool. It's not an escape mechanism to say, I don't need to deal with my problems. It's a tool to deal with our problems. There was nobody who was more aware of what they needed to fix than breast lovers and espodidos. There's no deeper espodidos. There was no deeper honesty. Honesty. To be honest with the Kaddish Baruch in a way that maybe we couldn't even be honest with ourselves if we weren't talking it out to our Kaddish Baruch like he's our best friend in the world. And the simcha of the rest of the day is not because I'm escaping. It's not because I'm delusional. It's because Rabbi Nachman tells us that after we've already identified the problem, good, but what do we need to dwell on it the whole entire day? The rest of the day needs to be to fix the problem. There's something deep here. If his spononus is going to bring a person into depression, then he really doesn't need to be besimcha the rest of the day. Because anyway, the mission is over. It's hopeless. There's no function of being joyous because there's no hope of fixing. 
But in as much as Hespodidus is not Atzvos, it's not depression, but it's Shivron Lev, which is filled with hope, which is filled with the realization that our mission is very, very much still in progress. Memela, the rest of the day we need to be besimcha because that means to say that there's hope and therefore simcha is the way that we can get back on the horse and that we can continue the mission. You hear what's going on here? These two things are hand in hand. If a person does his spodidus properly in a way of shivron lev, memela he walks out and he's not besimcha because he thinks that he's perfect, but he's besimcha because his spodidus taught him. And this experience in the context of a Kaddish Baruch whose unconditional love has taught him, I'm still on my mission and how am I going to carry out this mission or fix or rectify the things that I just talked about? Only with Simcha. Only with Simcha. Even when we're distant from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, we're in pain and the Neshama is suffering. Still find a way, find some kind of premise for joy, some kind of permission to be a little bit pesimcha even within the Tsar. Find a little bit, a little tiny, little holy point of goodness that you still contain within you from your youth, from the time of innocence when you had the princess that we speak about. Again, the fact that I'm a Jew, just the most elemental, basic foundation of what it is to be me. No matter what I do, to transform it all, to realize Hashem has a plan. He has a plan for me, Bigashmias. He also has a plan for me, Baruchnias. I, I have Bechira. It's true. And we need to work on our Bechira. But at the end of the day, here is where I am in person. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running the world. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is running my life. And from this moment on, I got to make sure that I'm making the right choices. But if I find myself here, what should I do? Say that, you know, this fell out of God's master plan. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with me. Even if I am as I am, but if even me, even and again, the, the the realization of how distant we may be and what kind of difficult darkness we may be enduring itself brings me into this incredible joy. Because a person should say, "Listen, yes, it's true. I haven't managed." you know, to, to live up to my ideals. And I haven't managed to live the life that I dream of living. But even a person like me, but I'm still to be a part of the Jewish nation. There are so many mitzvahs that we do even without thinking about it. Such a limitzchus. Even Jews that don't know that they're Jewish, their lives are filled with mitzvahs. They're still giving tzedakah probably, right? They're still, they're still, there are so many different things that even in a secular lifestyle, the lifestyle of a regular human being, they're not killing, hopefully they're not stealing, and so on and so forth. They're not, they're not you know, ripping flesh off a living being and popping it at their mouths. There are things that they're doing just by virtue of being humans. And so there's so many mitzvahs, certainly, that a, that a religious Jew, that a Torah-observant Jew, that a, that a Jew, that a Yid is accomplishing even in our worst moments. This, I'm still putting on tefillin every morning. I may try to get them on, you know, as, as, as quick as possible, get them off as quick as possible because I'm just not interested in this. But I'll call upon him, I'm a kind of mitzvah, tefillin, even a person like me, even this flesh, even this body. I'm a kind of the mitzvah of tefillin. And sits like I said, even though the mitzvahs, okay, how they look, the mitzvahs, the mitzvahs that we perform in such a state, how lowly they are. 
or appear. There are wonderful, small, beautiful drops of goodness that are embedded in those tiny mitzvahs that we think are so small. We're bringing about, even on our worst day, we're bringing about incredible, incredible rejoicing and delight and pleasure in the worlds above. Even those that qualify as Jewish sinners, that their lives are devoted to sin and that they're acting in a way of rebellion, any mitzvah they do brings about rejoicing in the world above. As long as a person is still a part of our nation, and they're still called by the word Jew, means to say they still have their name, their collective name, which encapsulates this mission and this desire, like we say in Kiddush, this desire that Hashem has for us. Kolzman, that they're still called Yisrael, that they haven't forgotten their name, and that we haven't forgotten what their mission is, even if they don't know that they're still called Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mispar Boy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has incredible, incredible Hisparus, incredible pleasure and pride in this person. Because the Pasik says, Yisrael Asher Becha Espa'er, period. The Jewish nation in whom I, Hashem speaking, takes delight. And so if you're still part of that, and you're still included within that mission of this idea of a nation called Yisrael, Hashem has pride in you. Hashem has pride on your worst day. Hashem has pride in you. And so start from there. Should we suffice with this? Certainly not. Rabbi Nachman was before talking about even a person that's attained such high levels, he has to go beyond, 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 beyond. We shouldn't suffice with that. But in those moments of darkness, and there will be moments of darkness, welcome to the world, welcome to life. Hopefully we have those that are smiling at us along the way to give us, to give us a, little, a little bit of hope. And isn't, isn't, you know, I think Eli Wiesel once, uh, once referred to Rabbi Nachman, he said, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov is a smile in Jewish history. He's a smile. That's what Rabbi Nachman is, such a beautiful way of putting it. All of Rabbi Nachman, hundreds and hundreds of pages and stories and songs and, you know, and poems and what Rabbi Nachman is, he's a, he is that smile. But the Jewish nation is baderech, and they're on this long, long journey toward the end of time, and it's that three o'clock in the morning, Friday night, and things aren't going so well, and it's drizzling, and it's pitch black. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov smiled at the Jewish nation, and he brought us to life. Rabbi Nachman brought us to life, right? And so even if we don't have that, but there are, there's going to be challenges along the way. And in that darkness, Rabbi Nachman says, find those speckles of light. Find that consciousness and that perspective that will enable you to still tap into a little bit of joy, the realization that my mission is still in progress, not to forget your name. <laughs> he says, Rabbi Nachman has built mountains upon mountains of halachas, meaning halichas, guidance in life, based on all these concepts and predicated on what we call the first principle, principle number one, at our core we are holy, based in chapter one of the story of our lives, to redefine who we are, that we are a soul and we are holy at the core. Start from there, everything changes everything because there's no room for any kind of delusion that Hashem has given up on us or that we've lost our mission even in our worst moments not to forget our name 
Tam of a Kamadarche eats us, Echlis Amechas, Asmetamidi Echshia. We've talked about it. Rebbe Nassim says at the end of Chaimaran, throughout Chaimaran, throughout Lakutamaran, throughout Sikhasran, which we're learning now, so many different pieces of advice as to how a person can bring themselves into the state of Simcha. Fortunate is the person that doesn't just learn about them, but that puts them into practice. And sometimes we can sort of not take ourselves so seriously and laugh at ourselves a little bit and act a little bit silly and make some silly faces, you know, at a, at a, at a kid or maybe even at another adult. Just anything that will remind us that things aren't so stern. Make a couple of jokes. Jokes also give us that perspective. Not taking ourselves so seriously also give us that perspective that, okay, there's hope, there's hope. You know, sometimes they say in a difficult situation, one day we're going to laugh about this, right? So I saw, somebody said, so why shouldn't we already start laughing now? If anyway we're going to laugh about this in a year from now, I could already start laughing. Sometimes a situation is so bad, I'm sure you've experienced this, that there's nothing else to do but laugh. Like, you know, it's like one of those days where like, you know, just everything's going haywire and like, you know, one thing after the other and all the kids are just going crazy and all the toys are at, are all over the floor and then like you open up the you know the drawer and the whole thing of flour falls in your head like just every single thing what else can you do except just look up and say but I get it like you're, you're, you're here and you have a sense of humor and yeah I could cry but, I, but, but sometimes you could also laugh right to find a way to make a little bit of a joke out of things it's a big 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 cloud I think that marriages that are really really successful ordinarily means they have the gift of humor they have the ability to, at least one of the two, has the ability to, to inject a little bit of humor sometimes, find the, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the comedy within difficult or intense or stressful situations. Humor, comedy, the, the ability to laugh, even in the darkness. Sometimes that itself. Sometimes you really got, most times he says, got to hold on to the secret, make a couple of jokes. Make a couple of jokes. Find, find the humor in situations. We have to be wary of this. We have to be very, very, very wary of this. Because it sets in. And if it hasn't set in, Yet in your life, and I don't want to say anything bad, every person should just have endless joy forever and ever and ever. But there, there come moments in life. Some people call it, you know, midlife crisis. Today, frequently people have midlife crises, you know, middle of their 20s, you know. There comes a time in life where it's not so simple. And the dreams don't exactly work out the way that you thought that they would. And we're faced with disappointments. And the trajectory of our life goes in a very, very different direction. And in that moment, all of a sudden, people remember, oh, all that Brussels of Tyra that, I, that my roommate was saying years ago, and I'm like, like, enough, enough of all this. Like, you know, don't be depressed. Like, I'm not depressed. You know, all of a sudden, it's then that that little pamphlet that somebody handed you in a pizza shop 30 years ago, all of a sudden, you start opening it up, and you, know, and you realize, ah, okay, we get it. We get it. We get why we needed a smile in our lives. We get why we needed Rabbi Nachman of Breslev to illuminate the darkness of our modern-day experiences. And so a person needs to be vigilant. To find a way, find a way to be happy, find a way to fake it, find a way, even if it's not, you know, you can't genuinely be happy about a situation. There are all these different pieces of advice, perspectives, find a way. And even when it's difficult for a person, and it's difficult, not just spiritually, but it's difficult physically, and not just physically, but it's difficult spiritually. 
Whether we're finding it difficult to sustain our souls, difficult to sustain our physical bodies, to rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, sof kol sof, sof kol sof, meaning to say in the end, because this is not the end, that's atzvus. We haven't forgotten our names, we're still called Jews, we still have our mission independently. Rabbi Nachman is, is beaming at us, he's smiling at us. Sof kol sof, after this point that I think is the end, but it's not the end. In the end, in the end, in the end, layazav Hashem, I said, In the end, things will be good. And if it's not good, it's not the end. Because you know what's at the end? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Ani Rishon, I was there at the beginning. And when we enter into the world with how much joy, with how much rejoicing that it brings our parents, with how much rejoicing we, as Hashem, bless us, always should be blessed to bring children into the world, with how much joy, Ani Rishon, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I promise you, the same Hashem that's present by Ani Rishon, Ani Achren. That's what's at the end also. That's what's at the end. And if you think that you've hit a brick wall and it's not joyous, then it's not the end. It's not a brick wall. Because the end is filled with joy. Ani achren. Ani achren. Sof kol sof. In the end, of Hashem God will not forsake you forever. Find a way to become joyous. Sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even in the darkness, Hashem will smile a little bit. Hashem will smile a little bit at you. And all of a sudden, a little bit out of nowhere, you get, you know, it's just one of those dark days. And all of a sudden, somebody reaches out to you from 10 years ago. And, you know, so just uh, who knows? So, something happens in your day that's totally out of left field, something you didn't prepare for. Something, and, and, and it's, it's taka a hard day, and it's difficult for you. But you say, ah, Kodesh Baruch Hu, you're, it's a wink. You know, Kodesh Baruch is winking at me. Kodesh Baruch is smiling at me a little bit. A little bit. So certainly, he says, when a person experiences that, the Yeshla is a naicha ba'alma, and a person gets a break, a person gets a little break, so a person has to be so joyous, so be grateful for it, to live in a more simple-minded way, not to need so much, not what they call, I think, high maintenance, not to need so much, my maintenance is low, I just need, you know, the basics, if I can have more, and I'm grateful for it, but the simple things in life, that that should bring us joy. Just the simple things, a deep breath. A deep breath can bring us joy. Walking through the park and really be misponent at a flower. Like we say, color is a bonus. God didn't need to create the world with color. He could have created the world black and white. You know how I know this? Because if you ever saw a black and white film, you could still understand what's going on. There are many, many hues of, of gray. Color is a bonus. Total bonus to appreciate color. And to rejoice in a little flower, to analyze it. Ah, the shape. And wow, like we say, I like what you did with the place, you know? Really, I find a Baruch Hu in there. That could bring a person simcha also. And over here he says, He says, All of this what can appear to some, like some, you know, fluffy hippie talk. Says Rabbanasan, who was a genius, was a genius, a genius, genius. Rabbanasan was a going oilam. Goin Oilam, Nigla Nister, Rabbanasan, with a very, very serious expression, you have to read these words. Vahavin Dvarim Elu. Says Rabbanasan, Chevra, get this. Understand what Rabbanachman is telling you. Because they're very, very deep. It seems simple, and it seems, okay, I get it, yeah, okay, you know, No, it's not. It's very, very, very deep. 
to understand what simcha is, to understand what a shame is, what a name is, what a mission is, what shivron lev is, what atzvus is. This is all of life. And one little chuta saira, one little hair's breadth off, and it can lead to disastrous results in those moments when we need these lessons. Amukim And here Ibn Asin says the most beautiful, wonderful thing. The ikar ha'amkos, you know what the essence of the amkos, or the essence of this is? Or the essence of this brokenness is? I'm sorry, not this broken, of this depth is? Hula haven ha'advarim la'kaim ha'bipshitas gomer is to actually do them. That's the depth. Some people you know, spend 30 years in Nachman's Torah delving, 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 delving deep, but they don't realize that the deepest, deepest dive you can take is simply to put it into practice. That's the depth. That's when you can perceive the extent of the depth in terms of how these teachings can change our lives if we'll apply them. If we'll apply them. The Afalpian here he says, and with this we'll finish. Even though it appears that Rabbi Nachman says later about Simcha seems to contradict what he originally said about pushing forward, not letting HaKadosh Baruch Hu suffice with what he's giving you, but ask for more, demand more, dream more, have a greater vision beyond what you've gotten in the, in the present moment. Even though that seems to be a little bit of a stira contradiction, Rabbi Nachman Rabbi Nassim adds. That a person shouldn't give in, and a person shouldn't settle, and a person shouldn't become satisfied. Because we have to be so besimcha. How can we do both? Says don't worry. We need both of these teachings. Rabbi Nachman always gives the balance, the tension. We need both. We can have both. It's the essence of Ibn Ahmed's Torah is the realization that there are two ways of looking at everything. At least two ways of looking at everything. Zeb bechina zeh, right? This is an aspect of that. Everything has five aspects. Everything has different facets. That's the essence of Ibn Ahmed's Torah. So Ibn Ahmed says, it's okay. You can do both. And you'll need both. Kehivantir, Ibn Ahmed says, I understood. Kavana siksas. A little bit of his kavana. Sharoitzah sholeinipo chas v'shom la'atzvus. Al yedei zeh machma shenach shaitam. And afidu be'esar chav al chasir. And yeshua va'al chasir adayin. That a person shouldn't fall into depression by constantly focusing only and solely on what is yet to, to attain. Like we said, a person needs to find joy and a person needs to be joyous. Like we said, even if a person is struggling and it's so difficult and a person doesn't have parnasa and there are obstacles and things are not just not, not going well in our lives. Like we learned. Person has to find a way to bring himself or herself to joy. With all of this, that it's true, that when things are going not so good, you're able to say, I'm able to find you in this, and thank you for the difficulty, and thank you for this. I understand that you have your master plan, and guess what? How good would things be if I could perceive the goodness? How much deeper the goodness is when I can't see that it's good. That means that it's a mind-blowing level of good that's beyond my mind's ability to grasp, because everything you do is good. So when you hold up those things that are apparently good to those things that are not apparently good, it means that it's, it's so good that it's beyond my ability to even understand that it's so deep. So thank you, Hashem, for that. And to be with Simcha with that. But still, still, Aval Afal Pikein, Rabbi Nachman gives us the other tension, pulls us back toward the other side. 
Even so, al yala al daita shikfar higila mashit sarich. Never allow this feeling that at least I'm a yid and at least I put on tefillin today. Let that not compel us into a negative kind of thought cycle which will cause us to suffice with whatever level of Yiddishkeit we're at. And this is one of the main critiques on Breslov is that I would constantly tell people, you're holy and you're good and you're perfect and you know, just be besimcha wherever you're holding, whatever you have. That's, that's going to prevent people from growing because they'll just suffice with that. But I ask you, has that been our lived experience? Have any of us learning these teachings simply put our feet up? Do you see me sitting in bed the whole day and just saying, I'm good, I'm a Jew? right? It's the tools, like we learned, it's the simcha is the tools to help us rectify what we're so honest and exposed to this about of what we need to fix. And so in that aspect, Rabbi Nassim says, don't settle with that. That needs to bring us back to life, remind us of the foundation, the mission is still in progress, keep on marching, don't forget your name, you're a, you're a yid, our name, and a name is a mission, and the mission is still in progress, and a Kodesh Baruch is with you and smiling at you all the time. But still, a person shouldn't sink into this experience of thinking, Good, I'll suffice with this. That just because I'm grateful for what I have, that means that I don't need other things. Two things can be true at once. I'm grateful for what I have. Every breath I take is the gavalt. But I also need parnasa. <laughs> and those, that's fine. Those, those two things can be true. And both of them can be true. They need not negate one another. And in Breslov, even though it sounds strange to people who don't really know what Breslov is, only peripheral from what they see or hear about in the news, Breslov is balanced. There's nothing more balanced than Breslov when done right. Nothing more balanced. It's the extreme of both. We spoke about last time, Tyra and Tfila. Both, right, in, in the Tasha Shir, right, on Thursday. Tyra and Tfila, the, the, the Halacha and Agada and so on and so forth, the balance. Breslov is the balance because it's the intensity of both. It's like I once described it. We're not in the middle just because we happen to be there. We're in the middle because we're being pulled with equal force to two extremes. And you know what the difference is? When you're being pulled with equal force to two extremes and that's why you're in the middle, it's moving, it's vibrating, it's pulsating. There's life there. It's not just you happen to be, okay, you happen to hang out and you learn a little bit of Kabbalah and you learn a bit of a little bit of Gemara and you just, you know, you sort of have the balance. When the balance is a product of knowing that I need the extent of one pole and I need the extent of the other pole and that's why I'm in the middle because I'm being pulled equally, Pulsating. And that's where Benachman wanted our Yiddishkeit to be pulsating, to be alive, to be alive, to be awake, to be alive. Hashem has much more to give you. Don't suffice. Don't give in. Be bold. Be bold. Hashem wants you to be bold. He gives you things in life that you need to daven about because He wants you to daven. Like Ravutner famously said, right? Tefillah is not to get us out of trouble. Trouble is to get us into Tefillah. And so all the while that we have troubles in our lives because the Kodesh Baruch wants you to daven about it. And not to say, I'm okay with what I have. No, 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 no. I am okay with what I have. But also, I know that you can do much more. But don't let that kind of perspective detract from the Simcha. And so we need both and it's a balance. A person who walks in a way of simplicity can actually begin to apply these perspectives. It's not just a shear that you hear and it's nice and you forget about it. These are teachings for life. Mamish for life to be applied immediately. Immediately. To transform the way in which we look at things. To transform the way in which we experience 
and react to circumstances and situations. So we are already over time. Thank you so much for joining all of you from all around the world, Mamish, for joining in this Lima together. And um, I hope that it's as meaningful to you as it is to me. Because I, I, I really genuinely appreciate the time that all of you take. It's an undeserved privilege that I have to be able to explore these teachings with you. And like I always say, there's special siyata deshmaya when a group gets together to be able to understand things that I couldn't have understood, you know, learning it together on my own. So, ashreinu chever, what a privilege to learn these teachings. Don't just learn them, share them like we say. Share them, smile at people, bring people to life. Smile at yourself in the mirror, adapt that minag, you'll see things change a little bit. What a privilege, what a schus that we have a Rebbe who smiles at us. What a privilege. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed Amaz Rasham Thursday night. We'll continue with our Parshashir. All the best. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.